Hello and welcome to Folly's M podcast. I'm Jessie Marquis and today we're going to be talking about grief. At some point in our lives we will all face the grief of losing a loved one. It's one of life's rare guarantees. But how do you handle grief as a Christian? Unless you've lost someone you're close to, it's hard to understand or appreciate the loss and the emptiness you feel when someone you love dies. Grief can sometimes feel completely overwhelming and it can feel like there's no escape to the pain. Life has been forever changed and it can be hard to imagine how you will ever enjoy life again. People will tell you that time's a healer, but I disagree. Time takes away the shock or the short, sharp pain, but time in itself isn't a healer. I met someone whose mum had died some 10 years earlier. She explained to me that it never gets better. The pain is always there and I could see the pain in her eyes as raw as the day her mum left. A grief counsellor once told me that grief never really leaves you, but you just learn to live with it. I think she's right if you're not a Christian, but with Jesus there is healing. It's often easy to believe that God wants to heal some physical illness, but for some reason it's harder to believe that there is healing for our souls. If you're a Christian, you've accepted that Jesus took your sins that you could be saved. But did you know that he took your grief too? Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And in verse 5 it says, For he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. There is healing for your grief. It doesn't have to walk with you for the rest of your days. I believe that this is the first step, believing that God can and wants to heal your broken heart. Psalm 34 verse 7 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. It can feel like you're completely on your own when you're grieving someone you love. In my own search for peace, I started looking at any Bible verses concerning grief. One of the main ones is Matthew 5 verse 4, where Jesus says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. In Job, 5 verse 11, he sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. When you're mourning, you don't feel very blessed, but I believe that there is a blessing for someone who is mourning. There is a special comfort from God. Jesus said they shall be comforted, not they might be comforted, but they will be comforted. So if there's comfort there to be had, then how do we get it? I strongly believe that allowing your heart to be open to God, even if you're angry with him, or if you have unanswered questions or prayers, there is a way to be comforted. If we close ourselves off from God in the middle of pain, then we stop God from comforting us. Watch out for the lie that tells you you can't hear from God or if you get close to him, he'll hurt you by bringing up some past hurt. That is not God. You can tell that to go. 
Our free will is the greatest gift that God could have ever given us outside Jesus. He will not and cannot usurp our own decision to reject him or to remove ourselves from him. During my own grief, I knew very early on that I had a decision to make. I could push everyone away, including God, or I could run into their arms. I decided I had to run into the arms of those who loved me, my husband, my sister, my friends, and God. I know I didn't do it completely right, and I absolutely didn't handle things brilliantly, but I did make a decision to go to Jesus. That decision was such a defining moment for me that I could almost tell you exactly where I was when I made that decision. Two major encounters happened after I made a decision to press into God. The night I lost my mum, I had finally fallen asleep and was having a nightmare. In the middle of the nightmare, suddenly all I could see was light. I felt my mum in that space of light. I didn't see her, but I felt her spirit. I did see Jesus standing in the background. I felt her touch my face, which is hard to explain because she wasn't there in person. She said this to me, For this light affliction is but for a little while. It's just a little while, Jessie. She didn't say this, but I heard in my head, it's just a little while until we're together again. If you come over to my house, you'll see those words up on my wall. It has brought an incredible amount of comfort, not only to me, but those in my family. Amazingly, those words, but for a little while, are actually in the Bible. And it was a scripture we were given only a few weeks before she died. But we never read that far down the scripture. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, but for a little while, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That dream kept me going and brought me huge amounts of comfort. I knew that my mum was in eternity with Jesus. She was fine and no longer in pain, no longer frightened, but in glory and I will see her again. The second encounter I had was a few months after my mum had died. One night, whilst I was doing a night feed with my new baby, I was crying out to God in my heart for help and comfort. I suddenly saw the Lord standing in the doorway of our bedroom. Honestly, as clearly as I could see you standing there. He was sobbing with me, uncontrollably upset. He was just as upset as I was. I knew he didn't want me to have gone through what I did. The peace that flooded that bedroom that night was so thick, I felt like I could have touched it. It made me stop crying immediately, like someone turned the tap of grief off. Even my baby stopped crying and snuggled down to sleep. In total, I have had 10 dreams about both my mum and my dad since they died. God-given dreams that have brought comfort and kept me going. It sounds utterly bonkers, but I've spoken to both of them after they died. Those dreams have given me stunning comfort. I think back to them on a weekly basis. I know I was able to receive those dreams because I didn't shut God out. 
I kept my heart open to him to receive his comfort. If you've had a lot of church teaching, you might be under the belief that everything comes from God. Or maybe people have told you that God took your loved one home, or that he sometimes heals people and he sometimes doesn't. But this just isn't the truth. In Hebrews 2 verse 14, Paul writes, that through death he, Jesus, might destroy him who had the power over death. That is the devil. God never created us to die, and God doesn't kill people. Jesus defeated death and he gave us the authority back. There's far more I could say here, but we just don't have time today. Satan kills people, or we live in a natural world where death is present, where bad things happen to good people. One thing I do know with certainty is that God is a loving God who wants good things for us. He's not mean and he's not killing people for a greater good. In Matthew 7 verse 7, Jesus says, What man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I have two little children and my love for them is greater than I could have ever imagined. I would never do anything to harm them. I love that Jesus talks about God being our Father. It's probably the closest thing he could have likened God's love for us to. Religion has taught us that God is mean, that he's angry with us, that he isn't pleased with us. But this is a total lie. James 1 verse 4 says every good and perfect gift is from above. And James 1 4 verse 8 says God is love. If you think that God is a mean God who killed someone you love for a greater purpose or withheld his healing hand, then it's hard to open yourself up to him. And I believe that this is such a lie from the devil. It's not who God is. God loves you and he gives good gifts to his kids. He is broken hearted that you're in pain. He wants to draw near to you and to rescue you. He weeps with you. Your job in this grief is to allow God to comfort you through softening your heart to him which is almost impossible to do if you believe he's the one to blame. A few weeks before my mum died, I was trying to make conversation with her and I asked her what was the hardest thing she ever had to counsel. With over 40 years of life coaching and counselling, I expected her to say something about abuse or something equally traumatic. Grief, she answered. Without question, grief. I asked her why and her words have stayed with me. It becomes a point where grief is incredibly demonic, she said. It sucks the life out of any situation and literally steals someone's life. It can overwhelm a person and there have been many times, even with all my experience, I couldn't help them. It steals their future and keeps them in the past. I think it's really interesting that she said there becomes a point where grief can be demonic because there is a time to grieve. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 4 says there's a time for everything, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. 
It would be pretty heartless to tell someone who just lost a loved one that all grief is demonic because it's absolutely not. We were never created to handle grief. When God created us, we weren't meant to die or to be separated from each other. It hurts and we weren't meant to cope with it. We grieve because we have loved them. In fact, the deeper the grief is, the deeper the love was. It's such a mistake to think you have to just carry on. We all need to feel that loss and it's okay to be sad. The problem comes when we stay in that grief and life gets dark. The colours fade from our current life and we are unable to enjoy life right now. Everything is clouded by the loss that we feel and it's all we can think or talk about. For me, I had a desperate desire to feel better but I had no idea how. How could life ever be the same again? The world will tell that mental health is the most important thing. You must feel every emotion and give it space. And I absolutely agree with that to a point. It's really important that you find someone to talk to. And there's so many organisations out there that want to talk to you about it. And as Christians, we have the ability to have life in abundance. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill and to destroy but I have come that they might have life and they might have it abundantly. Living life with grief, never seeing the end of it, is not life in abundance. That's not what Jesus died for. If something has been stolen from you, or if something has been destroyed, it comes from Satan, not God. There's been many a dark hour when I've had to cling onto this verse to have life in abundancy. The spiritual world isn't how this earthly world works. If you only see things in the natural sense, you will miss God's best for you. But if my mum was right and parts of grief are demonic and have the ability to ruin lives, then there comes a time when we must choose life for ourselves. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore choose life. I don't believe that that choice is a one-time thing. You grieve for a while and then decide that this is stealing my life and you choose life. No, I believe that it must be throughout the daily struggle of walking through grief, a constant battle with your own emotions while facing a very real and natural loss. I'm not saying that you don't ever go there either. In fact, it's very important to talk things through. There are so many organisations who offer counselling for free and it's very important to seek help. Being able to talk to someone without the worry of upsetting them with what you have to say is so important. And if you're grieving a big loss, you need help and that's okay. God created people who were called to be grief counsellors. Seek them out and get help. More than once, keep going. If you need a list of organisations, then message us and we'll send you a list. There are many times when I miss my parents and I cry and I'm sad. I have in the past tried to push down my own feelings, but that left me feeling very depressed. I've learnt to give Jesus my pain since he bore my grief on the cross. I now allow myself to be sad and run into the arms of the one who loves me with perfect love. He has become my mother and my father when my earthly parents have left me. Psalm 27 verse 10 says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. 
God has become a very real father in my life and our relationship isn't something only for me, it's for all his kids. He has taken care of me better than any earthly parent could and better than I can even take care of myself. I now have provision because of his care and his guidance, far greater than anything I could have sorted out for myself. In Psalm 23 verse 4, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We have to walk through the valley. It's a decision we have to make daily, sometimes hourly, and in the very dark days, it's a decision to make minute by minute. Whether your grief is new or old, or somewhere in between, I urge you to consider the following things. Keep your heart open. Allow the comforter to lift you to safety, even if there are still areas you can't talk to him about. Watch out for the thief. Do not let the bad moments or hours steal the day, event or time, whether it's Christmas or birthday or simply another day. Choose life. Every day, every hour, every minute. Do things that are beautiful. Create happiness, create memories and don't feel guilty. Whatever brings life into your heart, do it. Paint, sing, decorate, choose life. It's such a lie that holding on to grief keeps the person near you when all it does is keep you in the past. I have often asked the Holy Spirit to remind me of my parents and who they are and entrusted him to keep their memories alive in me. Then I can relax knowing that he's got it. Don't give up. Submit yourself to God and let him carry you when you are weak. My parents wouldn't want their death to define me. They'd want their lives to define me. And whoever you have loved wants the same for you. God loves you so much. He is a kind and loving daddy who wants nothing more than the opportunity to love you and to be close to you. There is comfort for you. There is life in abundance for you. And you have Jesus with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Finally, let me leave you with this. A dear friend once said this to me. We will all die. No one will live forever. Even Lazarus, who was raised from the dead after many days in a tomb, isn't walking on the earth right now. All of us will go to be with the Lord. It's like a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. They are no longer on earth as a caterpillar. They are in heaven as a butterfly. They might have gone a bit earlier than you wanted, but they were always going to be a butterfly. 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 13 to 18. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the beginning of it says, And regarding the question, friends, that has come out, about what happens to those already dead and buried. We don't want you to be in the dark any longer. First off, you must not carry on over them like people who have nothing to look forward to, as if the grave were the last word. Since Jesus died and broke loose from the grave, God will most certainly bring back to life those who died in Jesus. We don't grieve like non-Christians do because we know we will see our loved ones again. We will be with them forever in glory with God. 
This world is temporary. We will all leave it one day. But we know that when we do, we will be with Jesus and those that we lost and love. Until we speak again, God bless. Be kind to each other and yourself. And don't forget, you can get more information at folliesandtrust.co.uk or follow us on Facebook, Follies and Trust.